Before we dive into today's podcast, I'd like to take a moment to remind you that this content is intended for general purposes only and should not be used to substitute professional medical advice. Always seek the advice of your medical service practitioner based on your unique needs. Hi everyone, this is Kelly, your nutritional nerd, bringing you the health news you want to hear for the week of October 10th, 2022. Today, we are going to be talking about the brain. Well, at Happy Human, we have been on a mission to teach you how to get a better brain for quite some time now. We've been so focused on supporting your brain health and mental wellness for so long that I thought it might have been time to do something a little different. So I would like to introduce you to your brain. How well do you know your brain? Do you know the main parts of the brain? Are you aware that each part has a different function or is responsible for something different? Moreover, did you realize that each part of the brain has a different nutritional requirement? Well, with that, let's dive into a crash course about the brain that I'm calling Neuroanatomy 101. Let's start at the beginning by looking at some brain basics, some of the parts that make up the brain. First, it is important to know that the brain is the executive control center of your entire body. It's responsible for everything you do, think, say, and remember. It supervises your every action, thought, mood, and memory. So in a nutshell, your brain is what makes you, you. Now the human brain is made up of different parts, the largest of which is called the cerebral cortex. This is a walnut looking wrinkly mass that sits on top of and covers the rest of the brain. The cerebral cortex is then divided into more parts, which we call lobes. And I'm sure you've heard of some of them the uh, temporal, parietal, occipital, and frontal lobes, for example. Now, that is where we are going to start, at the frontal lobe. Near the front of your brain, kind of behind your forehead, is where you can find it. And it's made up of the motor cortex, premotor cortex, and the prefrontal cortex. Both the motor and premotor cortex are involved in movement, as they, their names would suggest, while the prefrontal cortex is more of a command center. This is the executive part of the brain that definitely deserves a closer look. The temporal lobes are located behind your eyes and below the temples. They're involved in language, learning, memory, uh, some emotion, and auditory processing. They also help stabilize moods, control temper, and perceive fear and emotional reactions. But beyond that, they also assist in moving memories into long-term storage. And this is another area of the brain that does deserve a closer look. The parietal lobes are located at the top side and back of the brain. They're the primary sensory processing centers that are responsible for your sense of direction, your position in space, which is called spatial orientation, 
and also your ability to perceive the things around you. And your occipital lobes are located at the back of the cortex. And as you can imagine, they're primarily concerned with vision and visual processing. So now let's go back and take a closer look at the cerebral cortex and a few key areas within it, starting with the pre frontal cortex. Now this is a major part of your frontal lobes. It also happens to be the most evolved part of the brain. It's involved with many of our executive functions including organization, planning, judgment, forethought, empathy, impulse control, focus, time management, and productivity. You can consider the prefrontal cortex your brain's brake. It helps you think before acting and put on the brakes before engaging in risking, risky behavior. It's also important to note that this part of the brain is not fully developed until we reach the age of about 25. Now, this might just account for the tendency of young people to do things without thinking, as we'd often say. That's partially due to the fact that their prefrontal cortex is not fully developed yet. Now, an effective prefrontal cortex will allow us to plan, organize, and think through our actions and potential outcomes of our actions in advance. It provides impulse control, enables us to have sound judgment, and keeps us focused and motivated to allow us to reach our goals. It's also there to remind us that consequences of our actions exist. So with a strong prefrontal cortex, we'll think twice before overindulging in alcohol, cigarettes, excess speeding, or other bad behaviors that may have long-term consequences, including overeating. Now, there can be problems with the prefrontal cortex. If it isn't working optimally, you are going to experience certain problems, and they'll manifest if there's either too much or too little activity in this part of the brain. So when there's decreased activity in the prefrontal cortex, it's as though your boss or perhaps the entire executive team is away on holiday and no one is left to supervise your actions. So what happens? Well, as a result, nothing gets done. You may also have impulse control problems, poor judgment, a lack of forethought, or an inability to control your actions. As a result, you're more likely to give in to your cravings and do whatever you feel like doing in the moment. Now, when there's too much activity in the prefrontal cortex, it works too hard. So the opposite happens. It might feel like your boss is micromanaging you, and that can lead to feelings of anxiety, overwhelm, and worry. So what can you do? Well, first, understand that low blood glucose and low cerebral blood flow are likely to blame. That's because these are associated with irritability, poor impulse control, and an inability to make good decisions. So to support the prefrontal cortex, you can manage blood sugar levels by increasing protein with each meal and snack, while eating more antioxidant-rich foods like berries and other colorful fruits and vegetables will help boost blood flow to the brain. You may also find green tea and supplementing with ginkgo biloba helpful. The next part of the brain that we are going to focus on 
is the anterior cingulate gyrus. This is located also within the brain's frontal lobe and it might be something that you haven't heard of before, but the anterior cingulate gyrus can definitely is definitely something that we need to take a closer look at and it can be summed up pretty quickly as the brain's gear shifter. It involves attention and it allows us to move from thought to thought or idea to idea. It enables us to go with the flow and adapt to changes around us. But if the anterior cingulate gyrus happens to be overactive, then this gear shifter can get stuck in position. If this happens, we can dwell on things, get stuck on negative thoughts, or continue to engage in the same behaviors over and over again, even if we know they are unhealthy. As a result, we can immerse ourselves in harmful behaviors. Some examples are obsessing, non-stop worrying, arguing, holding on to past hurts. In addition, we might display compulsive or addictive behaviors, including eating disorders. So what can you do? Well, when the anterior cingulate gyrus is stuck, serotonin levels are likely low. To boost serotonin levels naturally, you'll want to combine quality protein foods with complex carbohydrates. You can also increase consumption of tryptophan-rich foods, or 5-HTP, as tryptophan is converted into 5-HTP, which is then converted into serotonin. And vitamin B6 is another supportive nutrient of healthy serotonin levels. But one word of caution, please, if you are taking an antidepressant medication like an SSRI, please consult your doctor before considering supplementing with anything that will help boost serotonin levels, including 5-HTP, because they both work on the same pathway. Now, moving on toward the center of the brain, at the base of your cerebral cortex lies the deep limbic system. This is a tiny area of your brain that's deep within its center, but it is very powerful. It's considered our emotional center as it greatly influences our emotions. It enables us to experience and express emotions. It sets our emotional tone to determine how happy or sad we are, and it stores highly charged emotional memories. The limbic system, even though it is small, is pretty powerful and, and consists of other parts of the brain that you may be familiar with, like the thalamus. The thalamus will relay information to and from the outside world to the cerebral cortex. Another part within this limbic system is the hypothalamus. Now the hypothalamus will help control chemicals in the brain that are responsible for hunger, sleep, anger, happiness, and sadness. Another area within the deep limbic is the hippocampus, which helps move memories into long-term storage. There's also the amygdala, which is involved in our emotions and our fear response. There's also the olfactory cortex, which connects our sense of smell to our emotional and memory centers. Now, with all of these critical responsibilities, when there's too much activity in the limbic system, or it's overactive, you may experience life through a foggy or negative lens. You might become sad, moody, depressed, have negative thoughts, feel guilt over anything, 
or get overwhelmed quickly. So what can you do? Well, start by focusing meals around more protein and fewer carbohydrates. You may also want to consider a quality omega-3 supplement. Omega-3s can provide many other health benefits as well, including reducing your risk for Alzheimer's. You may also be interested to know that since the limbic system controls sleep and appetite, a malfunctioning limbic system will negatively affect both. We may either not get enough sleep or need too much, and the same goes for appetite. We may tend toward overeating or undereating. We may also be emotional eaters. So if any of these traits sound like you, you may want to give your deep limbic system a closer look. Now surrounding the limbic system is the basal ganglia. This area of the brain helps integrate feelings, thoughts, and movement. So if you've ever jumped when you've been startled or become scared stiff? Well, if so, that's the basal ganglia in action. It's also involved in habit formation and motivation, but when it becomes overactive, we can experience anxiety. We might be indecisive or prone to avoiding conflict. We might also engage in compulsions or repetitive behaviors like excessive hand washing, double and triple checking that you locked the door, nail biting, or you may have a tick. So what can you do? Well, calm the basal ganglia down by increasing GABA. GABA is the calming neurotransmitter in the brain. Both magnesium and L-theanine can help reinforce GABA's effects, so they might also be helpful. But again, another word of caution, check with your doctor if you are taking any form of antidepressant medications because supplementing with GABA is not recommended um, if you are. Now the next part of the brain is the hippocampus and there are lots of other areas of the brain that can affect us in multiple ways but this is the final one that we are going to consider today, the hippocampus. It's a seahorse shaped structure that's deeply embedded within the temporal lobe. Now even though it's small, the hippocampus plays a critical role in many important human functions like memory formation, emotional responses, and learning. This is where new information and short-term memories are converted into long-term memory, memories for storage elsewhere in the brain. Then, when those memories need to be accessed, the hippocampus helps retrieve them. Because the hippocampus plays such an important role, when it's damaged, our memory can suffer. It also happens that the hippocampus is extremely sensitive and can be affected by various lifestyle choices and health conditions, like a head injury or concussion. Stress, aging, nutritional deficiencies, lack of exercise, consistently high or low blood sugar levels, insomnia, reduced cerebral blood flow, depression, obesity, regular alcohol usage, and drug abuse. All of these choices or health conditions affect the hippocampus. So what can you do? Well, regular consumption of omega-3 fatty acids that are found in cold water fish like salmon and sardines or through EPA and DHA supplementation is definitely recommended to help support the hippocampus. 
Now, your brain is arguably the most important part of your body, yet it also tends to be the least understood. So hopefully this brief overview of brain basics has given you some insight into your brain and what goes on under the surface. For more information about what to feed the brain, including previous um, podcasts or blog posts about brain foods, how to banish brain fog, uh, the grain brain diet, and ways of naturally boosting serotonin levels, do check out happyhuman.com today. As always, I welcome your thoughts and I value your feedback. So please let me know what you think by dropping me a line or commenting on this podcast. And if you haven't done so already, head on over to YouTube to join me there. You can sign up to receive my newsletters for more information about brain health, neuronutrition, lifestyle tips, and other nutritional advice. And of course, if I can help you or a loved one with your nutritional needs or the nutritional needs of your brain, then please make an appointment to see me today. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, stay happy and healthy.